Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum Podcast, where Welsh rugby matters. This is our last episode of the season. It felt, season. Like, a, it felt like a long old season. I don't know what the players must feel like, Dan, because I feel knackered after doing 49 of these. Yeah, I'm whacked myself. Yeah, you'll have put in a, the vast majority of those 49 you'll have been on board with as I have, well. Yeah, I had a, had a little bit of a gap, didn't I? You did, yeah. If you, you gave me a, what was it, four or five off, maybe? Yeah, well, I thought it was about time you, you know, wrote me back take in. you out of the limelight for a bit, go and rediscover your form, and come back in a, a bit more confident mood. <laughs> yeah, confidence with, had gone a bit. Playing with a bit more freedom. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And that's where you bring in the grizzly old veterans like the mighty Murph. Oh, yeah. We need the Murph, don't we? Need we him do. back on a bit more. That's it. But yeah, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to limit his game time as well, you know. He used to be, mani- so he used to be he managed used to be carefully, managed carefully. He? Yeah, he's very much the Gavin Henson of... Dual contract. <laughs> Dual contract. With the Wanderers and the attacking scrum. That's it. Managing his time very, very carefully. But before we go off on a very short little summer break, we've got some really interesting stuff to get our teeth stuck into. A really interesting derby, first and foremost, in which the Ospreys came out on top and therefore will qualify for the Heineken Cup, meaning Scarlet's miss out for the first time in their history. Did you enjoy that game, Dan? I did enjoy it. Yeah, I thought it was a, a bit of a humdinger, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Some of the rugby at times was uh, a little bit loose and a little bit sloppy, but then on the flip side of that, you had some, <coughs> some great plays as well. So it had um, it was a bizarre old game, but mm. it, was, it was close, wasn't it? So you were on the edge of your seat, really, for the vast majority of it. Certainly were, so we'll be getting to grips with that, seeing what it means. We're also going to have a bit of a round-up of all the regions and seeing if we can kind of pick any holes in, in their form and seeing what it might mean for next season. Some new coaches coming in we're going to have a quick look at. And, of course, we'll be looking ahead to Rugby World Cup and 
the friendlies that were being played before that, what to expect from those. So we've got absolutely loads to get through in this episode. Before we do that, big thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. Another great season with those guys on board. Hopefully we'll have a special with Scott at some point, potentially June, July time, where we're going to be going down to a new coffee shop opening out west, which will be good fun. And uh, yeah, we'll get some quality guests lined up for that one. But in the meantime, make sure you get your hands on some great coffee at socoffeetrades.co.uk. Right, Dan, let's, let's start with this Osprey Scarlet's game. As you said, they're real humbling, a good one for the neutral. I thought plenty of, plenty of excitement, plenty on the line. In a way, I kind of think that's what is often missing from... Pro 14 fixtures, if you see what I mean. That was a game between two local rivals, plenty of needle, plenty of intensity, with a winner-takes-all scenario of the, of, the, of the victors going on to the top tier of Europe. Do you think that's a fair assessment of that league? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we. how many times have we said that if we had more of that, that type of game, yeah. it, would be, it would be such a better league, wouldn't it? And I think, I think you're right in what you say there, that the rugby at times wasn't you know wasn't anything really special but the actually the occasion mm. and what was on the line meant and the fact that it was you know the derby as well yeah, you say that it, there was plenty of good you know there was some of that I know it came from scrappy play but you know that break from Owen Watkin to put Giles in and then the tackle from Halfpenny to oh there was some nice there was some nice really, moments yeah. but it there was also it was loose at times yeah, wasn't it, it? Was, so yeah, yeah. it felt like a really a, it was a great game to watch, yeah. but I think a lot of it was the occasion as well and what was on the line. As you opposed to that, the, the quality half, of the rugby there. They start, everyone started to get quite tense and they're on both sides and you look at that yeah. passage of play where Sam Davis hooked the hooked the drop goal attempt from right in front of the post mm. and he kind of really snatched at it. And you had these these phases of play where both sides seemed to take a step back and realise what was on the line here and, and started kind of tensing up a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's... that's I'd agree with you there, and the you know the air account was high. Some of the stuff was a little bit comical at times as well. So it had it had a li- it had a bit of everything, yeah. but it made for a really exciting game. It was compelling, and did I did I enjoy? It? Yeah, I really did. It was um, it was a good game of rugby to watch. Yeah, it certainly was. Out of the two, obviously Ospreys came out on top. Do you expect them next season? You know, if you were to fast forwarding into next season now. Do you think out of the two, they're the ones who are going to be better set? You know, the best side, the best side in Wales to to compete at, at European level. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, yeah I think they will be. Um, if you think of where where the Ospreys were, yeah, you know, sort of five, six, seven games ago, you mm. you they were in a real real dark place, weren't they? I think back and particularly to that game they played at the Brewery Field that they lost to Ulster. Yes, oh, that, that was a grim. Watch. That stands out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was particularly poor, wasn't it? And there were a number of poor performances, yeah. and they've really sort of built, you know, built momentum, haven't they? They've gone back to what the Ospreys were about, which was a, you know, set piece, you know, set piece dominant, you mm. know, orientated side. I think the pack has gone really well, and off the back of that, the backs have started to piece together some really nice plays, and a lot of it for me comes down to uh, the centre partnership. Yeah, Watkin and Corey Allen. That's I know Watkin get, is is getting a lot of the headlines, yeah. but I think Corey Allen has been quietly brilliant. Yeah, I think with the aside of that bizarre crossfield kick that <laughs> just just didn't come off, I was really <laughs> impressed with him again. Yeah, it, it looked much more like the player we expected to see when he burst onto the well, scene five or six years ago. 
and yeah, he's got he's got some really nice touches, and he seems to read the game well. Obviously, he's strong and cuts a lovely angle. Cuts a lovely he? angle. Yeah, and they they seem to be forming a, a decent partnership. And you've got Scott Williams to come back into the mix <laughs> yeah. at some point. They too. look they look threatening out wide as well, don't they? With you know they got North obviously being yeah. North, and then um, well Keelan, what a tackle that was as well. It was amazing. Yeah, big big tip of the cap to Lee Halfpenny for making that tackle. It looked as if Keelan Charles had got away, didn't I? I thought he's, he's he's away, and then suddenly. Well, you back him at, at that point when. It was Dan Evans, wasn't it? Giving the was, no, it was straight from Watkin, wasn't it? Um, no, it was from no, it was from Dan Evans. Was it? Was it, it? Yeah. Watkin to Dan Evans? I think to, so. Yeah. To Arke, yeah, yeah. Struggling to remember that. But when he gets the yeah. ball, you would very much back him yeah. and think, right, quickest player on the pitch, absolutely lightning quick. He's going to make this. Do you think he should should he have uh, should he have put the ball back inside and look for support or? Is it just one of those outstanding pieces of defence? I think it's just an outstanding piece of defence. Really, I don't think you can really criticised Keelan Giles he went for it didn't he probably thought he was going to make it and along with a lot of us but just shows again doesn't it how good a how good a full back Lee Halfpenny is because yeah, yeah you, you could watch that over and over again couldn't you just how to make a tackle so difficult as well mm-hmm. in those circumstances isn't it the, the leap and the dive and to, and to and yeah just to just to grab him I love that yeah it was an outstanding bit of play on from attack and defence. Just bring it back to the Ospreys for a moment. I thought they looked considerably more dangerous, particularly in the first half. They did. Than I've seen them look for a while. And I wonder whether this is a move now into what we were expecting when the new coaches turned up, particularly when Matt Sherrod Matt turned up. Yeah. And you know that was kind of a bit more what I was expecting from their back line. You drop Gareth Anscombe into the mix next season, that altogether it would lead us back to that conclusion that they would be the best side in Wales equipped to have a decent crack at the Heineken Cup. Yeah, looking at it com- comfortably, they're going to be they're going to be the best side, I would say, at the moment, especially with Anscombe going in there as well. The backs look look threatening and dangerous. Mm. I think just having you know Dan Evans is such a great player, isn't yeah. he? I mean, it, it it is every single game he makes he makes two to three world class, you know. I was just, you can't, I can't say world class breaks, but they're yeah. they're just breaks that not not many players can make, and it just makes such a difference. And he, he just changes the game time and time again. So with him there, Anscombe at ten, the pack is going exceptionally well, mm-hmm. and you've got a centre partnership which is dangerous. They they've got the makings of a, of a really really decent side. They do. I think as with all of the Welsh sides, though, it comes down to squad depth. That really was the Ospreys fully loaded. You know, you look at the the front row. You've got Nicky Smith and and Scott Baldwin, a full internationals. You've got Tom Boater in there. You've got Wales's first choice lock partnership. Then you've got Cracknell, Tipperick, and Cracknell. Cracknell's done a really good job, actually, well, kind of a very unassuming job, but is doing it very well. And then Lydia at eight, of course. You know, Lyon played well. Alad Davis, Sam Davis. You know this. This is them. This is them fully loaded. And the rest of the backline you've spoken about already. The thing for me is going to be squad depth, and that is that is the tricky thing. Of course, it comes down to budgets and the ability to attract players. Project reset hasn't helped this. So I think, as we said on last week's show, a lot of the sides are going to be going into next season without being able to have done the recruitment they would have liked. So that for me is going to be the the difficult thing. So you've got to hope that maybe there's a the odd canny recruit in the mould of a Sam Cross or a, a Luke Morgan you know somebody who's kind of from outside mm. of 
outside of the scene, so, so to speak. They have played a lot of these players, haven't they, in the early part of the season. They they should have played quite a lot of the, the fringe players they then. Did, yeah. um, so I wonder whether that will help. I mean, yeah, the Ospreys, are a, they're a, you could say they're a totally different side when they've got Alan Jones and Tipperick in the Yeah, they, or they are. On, they are, On definitely. paper. And, yeah, it's going to come down to that, isn't it? When, they, when all those guys are back... You have Scott Williams in there as well. They're going to ask him. They're going to be totally different, aren't mm. they? But there'll be a there'll be a match for for most sides. I would say when fully loaded. Well, that, yeah, that's the that's the difference for me. And if we go back to the start, so we go back to last autumn, and there were a lot of games where Alan Clark was picking a very, you know, very much a, a second string side fairly early on in the season, knowing that he had to target certain points. And we were critical at the time. I know I said, well, I certainly was. Fast forward to the end of the season, and they're looking in a looking in much better shape, and b they've secured the the Champions Cup spot, which would have been their objective for the season. So in a way, you've kind of got to say fair play for what seemed like an unpopular decision yeah. at the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember saying that I, I I thought he he was picking and choosing picking and choosing the right games then, yeah. but what what was odd was the way in which they were playing those games, mm. and. You know, I know a lot of the Ospreys fans were pretty disappointed, and just Welsh rugby fans as well, with the way in which the way in which the game seemed to be being played, which was just this huge emphasis on kicking, but kicking in a a lot of it was aimless, wasn't it? Mm. It wasn't sort of kicking to build pressure, and and you know, it just seemed all a little bit clueless. But that first ten minutes, the Ospreys. Mm. They looked so dangerous. I think um, they picked up on this in the commentary, but they very much seem to be in to have simplified their game plan a little bit and just said, "Right, we have three phases. See what's on, and if there's nothing on, then we'll, then, we'll, then we'll kick." And that seemed to be working pretty well, actually. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and they they did kind of run that system all the way through, didn't yeah. they? Um, I so, think towards the end of the game, it. It might it have gone. moved a bit away from three phases, but nonetheless, yeah, actually it, had, it, yeah. Served well, yeah. <laughs> it served them well. Let's have a look at the Scarlets, though. Bitterly disappointing season for them, off the back of two very good seasons prior to this. End of the Pivac era, it's a bit of a sad state of affairs to, to kind of go out on this. There's been a lot of stuff flying around on social media about Pivac and you know what to expect as as Wales coach. But new coach coming in at the Scarlets now. How much work do you think Brad Moore's gonna gonna have to do? Or is it a question of there's a quality set of players there, there'll be a lot coming back from injury and a couple of new recruits, fresh fresh start, kind of forget everything that we've seen in the last couple of months? Yeah, it's, it's for me it's not it's not really panic stations. They were in they they've got massively hit by injury, the injury list, and it it completely killed completely killed their game and any momentum that they they just couldn't build momentum, mm. basically. So, I think the end of the season can't come quick enough. Um, well, it's happened, is it? And yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. <yeah. laughs> um, they just need to get get the new coaches in, don't they? Start start building again. Get the guys that are injured back, and and they'll be. They got. There's a lot of decent players there, isn't there? It's just. It was just a a very very difficult twelve months. Mm. Um, the combination of them losing key players. 
you know, to go in elsewhere, and then the injury, then then they got hit with a, a ridiculously big injury list. And which, about getting the the Wales job, which I think must have been yeah, pro- somewhere. Yeah, pro- that probably didn't help as well. But it was like three or four key key things, wasn't it, that just went against them? And with the squads that that all the Welsh regions have got, if you have if you pick up that many injuries, you can't you can't do a great deal. Something that was mentioned again in the broadcast of the game was they've struggled to turn ball over this season. And that, for me, has been a really big thing because the way they play, those backs, they rely on having that bit of space in order to to punish sides. And they did that the season before. I think a lot of that will go down to, obviously, James Davis has been injured for a lot of the season. Tyburn going, John Barkley Barkley. going. And that, for me, has been a a really big difference for them and and has, has meant that it's been... A struggle of a season. Yeah. That, that, that's a big impact for me. Yeah, those three guys would, would turn over huge amounts of ball, wouldn't they? And when you look back at the, uh, you know, a number of the Scarlets tries, it was exactly that, wasn't it? It was turnover ball almost anywhere on the park, and then they they catch out sides. And another person who was involved invariably in those was Steph Evans. Yeah, yeah. Sort of picking up a weak shoulder or just creating, beating beating a couple. He'd always beat two or three players, get them on the front foot, and then mm. and, and then he'd get an offload. He'd always get an offload yeah. as well. And we haven't seen the offloading game from, from the Scars, I think, because they've been on the back foot and the pack's been under pressure as well. I think that's it. And so, it's not just the turnover ball. If you're not able to slow the ball down and the opposition are getting quick ball, they can hang on to it. Whereas before, if you're putting that much pressure on them, even if you're, they're not turning the ball over, they don't want to be hanging on to it and they'll kick the ball away. And if there is that opportunity when the ball's kicked loose, you knew that that Scarlet yeah. side would, would be more than happy to run it back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is it? Do you think that maybe with the Scarlets losing, say losing those three players, did they change? Were they able to change the game plan because that the way in which they were playing very much, mm. very much was centered around those guys. And I don't know whether they were slow to adapt or whether it was a transition or what. But it was a de- definitely a difficult year and. You know, in, in the flip side to the Ospreys, when you see like Nicky Smith, mm. who just seems to be getting better and better, oh, yeah. hard to believe he's only twenty three, um, and then picking up a four year contract. Mm. Um, yeah, not many of them knocking around. There's not, is there? There's really not. You know, you'd, you'd give him more probably if you could, because he is absolutely he's brilliant, isn't he? Um, We're definitely going to talk about him later. The, well. tur- the, the turnover, the turnovers that he creates, and then Owen Watkins didn't get a huge amount of turnovers in, the, in that game, but he'll often get a turnover as well. They. The sides do tend to get tries yeah. off that, you know that that sort of way of playing, don't they? And it's yeah, it's been a been a tough uh, tough season, but it's not panic stations for me for the for the Scarlets. They'll be back. It's interesting how you point out Steph Evans. I think you could look at Reese Patchell as well as a player who's been out for, and he was very important to what they did last season. Dan Evans spent a long period on the the sidelines this term. And again, to go back to that previous point, it showcases the perhaps the lack of depth yeah. in these setups. That when you've got lots of injuries and the odd player like that who's out of form and Pivot hasn't been shy of dropping any of those figures, that's where it can be. It, it can really hit you, and they can really, really struggle. So again, that you know, squad depth is, is going to be a very difficult thing for all of the sides. But I think you know, I think on the whole, Brad Moore will be looking to come in and and have. Add some real fresh momentum. It just looked like a side that that was ready to kind of transition out of the Pivac era. Not in a nasty way, but it it must be difficult when you've got you know three games to go till the end of the season and you know that he's going out to something different. 
I don't know. For me, it feels like it's the right time and there will be a real positive impact. I don't know a great deal about him as a coach, but there seems to be a lot of a lot of people who talk very highly about him and he comes with a good pedigree. And I think there is the, the core of a really interesting side there to, to play with. So I think we can expect to see a, a better Scarlet side next season than we have seen this term. Yeah. So quickly wrap up this first half by talking about the other regions also. So the, the big news, well, I'd say the big news, the worst kept secret in Wales this week, Dean Ryan finally announced as Dragons Director of Rugby. Do you think there's any, you know, are you the kind of person who'll pick out that distinction and, uh, between a director of rugby and head coach? It doesn't look like there's going to be a head coach coming in with him. You know, is that is that to you? Is it, a, is it just like kind of a, a bit of semantics or is there actually a, a real big difference in, in whether you appoint a, a head coach or a director of rugby and who, who calls the shots? Looks slightly better on LinkedIn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think he, he's... You know, he's director of rugby, isn't he? He's, he's head coach, isn't he? He's going to be yeah. the head coach, director of rugby. He's, he's probably going to have more, uh, I suppose, more input in the, I don't know, is, is, does that mean he's going to have a bit of, more of an input in the sort of business side of it slightly? I, I, I don't know. I think it's just, the, it's just the, the way in which he wants to be called because he's got a lot I of experience. See, I think there's a big difference between director of rugby and well, head coach. Well, there is, yeah. but I don't, think, I don't think there is here, though. Well, there isn't at the moment mm. because the Dragons haven't got a head coach alongside the director of rugby. No, they haven't. There should be a director of rugby and then your head coach. But that's not going to happen, is it? No, it's not going to happen. By the look of it, it isn't going to happen. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. However, I think that he clearly knows what he's getting himself in for. He wouldn't take himself away from a cushy upstairs job at the, at the RFU in order to, to immerse himself in this if he didn't think that there was the potential to, mm. to do something. Now, we've heard this before. And we were probably saying a similar thing when Jackman took over. But I think he has to come in, first and foremost, in that director of rugby role. And that, for me, includes a lot about recruitment and the the framework that you put in place for all of the coaches around you. So the style of rugby that you want, the, the kind of players you want to produce for the Dragons that will fit your style of play, that all comes from a, from a director of rugby downwards, in my opinion. Now you're right. Normally, alongside that, you would have a head coach. Do you think that might happen that. later? I I don't know. I think what you might see is you might see Kerry Jones taking over as mm. as head coach at some point later in time. Now, at the moment, they've obviously said that Kerry isn't experienced enough to do that. Uh, well, they haven't outwardly said it, but that's what this appointment would suggest. Yeah. Now, I think Dean Ryan, along with bringing those that that experience of the stuff away from the pitch. He's also a very good coach and he's also not afraid to get his hands dirty and, you know, hands on the tackle pad. And I think at the moment, yeah, you know, the Dragons are going to be wanting him to put in a shift in in both on and off the field. And it's not going to be it's not going to be a small task, but I think in the long run, you'll see you might see Kerry Jones. if everything goes. Yeah, I could I could see that because he's I don't think I don't think Dean Ryan would come in if there wasn't a, a pretty a pretty good plan in place. I, I'm not, not sure there is. I think he's been brought in to try and help shape that plan. Oh yeah, I, I think he'll, he'll be there to, to to help help with that plan. But there must be a plan that's been put out to him beforehand, because otherwise he can't. They can't say that we want you to come in and then we're going to build a plan around you know purely around you. Maybe maybe that is the case. But okay, or, or a financial plan then. 
So a financial yeah, well, the plan. Fi- the financial plan seems to be yeah, we buttress. We need to get this team privately owned again. Yeah, that seems to be the plan. Now, obviously, he's got fantastic experience in terms of yeah, his business acumen is is excellent, and he's you know as well as doing just eat, he's part of a. Um, uh, venture capitalist groups and things like that. So you would think you'd be well connected in order to to seek investment into the into the outfit. Now, again, as much as he he may be a, a Gwent lad, he's not going to be doing that if he doesn't think that there is significant potential mm. within the within the region. Now, that's you know that's for that's for him to decide and to take care of. Yeah. But he seems to think that the the best way of doing this is to to have the dragons privately owned mm. again. But you would Ryan will be you know he's a smart cookie isn't he? he would have he'd definitely be privy to all these sorts of things. I would have thought. Um, yeah. So financially, I think and that's that's going to be Buttress's job. Yeah. And then the kind of everything from the kind of the ethos within the club to the the style of play to how coaches are developed. I think will all stem from. And he'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. have Ryan's hallmarks. So his his role will probably he'll, his role will probably change uh, if, if everything, go if everything yeah, yeah if everything goes goes right. That's so. what that's what it seems to yeah. look like, doesn't it? From from the outside, anyway. All but pretty it, exciting, really. It is very exciting, but in the short term, I think he's got to just he's got to take that group of players that he's got. I can't see very many players coming in. Potentially a ten. Yeah, it's tracksuit on for now, isn't it? It's exactly that tracksuit on. Get leave the, the tackle leave pads the bla- out. Leave the blazer in the. Uh, in the draw, yeah, I think that's it. He's, you know, he's, he can have the blazer for the press conference, but he's going to need, yeah, he's going to need the tracksuit and the whistle and the tackle pads in order to get these boys in shape for for next season. Is he the man to do it? I said, I said it last week, said it the week before. I'm perfectly happy with that as an appointment. I honestly don't think we could have got anyone better. Realistically, yeah. I think he's got that. You know, I think other than other than Ryan, we would have been taking a punt on a Graham Roundtree. Or on to a certain extent, if you know, if we could have afforded it, a Robin McBride, excellent coach that he is, does not have that experience of, of picking a side. Dean Ryan does, and he's got the experience of of coaching. So for me, I think it is the right appointment. Let's quickly touch on Cardiff Blues before we go to the break. So big news this week for them is that Nick Williams. They finally announced that he's got himself another extension, which is. Which you know, any blues fan will tell you is, is really good news. That is a massive boost, isn't it? Yeah, he seems to be. Is it me or is he looking younger every time? Uh, every time he pops up, pops up on the screen, he looks fresh, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, you know, he is. He's looking fresh. He's playing. He's playing. He's like playing. It, isn't yeah, he? yeah, he is. Um, that's a mass. Oh, I, I think that's going to lift every single blues yeah. fan because it's. Um, it's looking a little threadbare, isn't it? On the on the on the squads. It is in the pack, certainly. Yeah, and he'll be. A and we were saying we were saying a number God. of times two five eight is really where they've been lacking depth. So you imagine if he'd have gone. Yeah. And then you're reliant on, you know, really playing Navidia eight, who's going to be off with Wales at the start of the season. Yeah. You know, then really, there's not a huge yeah. amount of other options. You know, Round, you've got Seth Davis yeah. within there, and then you've got the youngsters. Uh, knocking around the squad also so I, I think it's a massive signing Hugh, give the squad a huge lift as well to have somebody of that experience and he seems to be a real character doesn't he and like almost the heartbeat of the Blues side so yeah. I think it'd be more than you'd, you'd lose him he's, he's, you'd lose the character as well yeah I agree and that'd be, that'd be probably almost bigger than, than losing him as a player so yeah that's big news I think he's certainly going to be needed 
Yeah, I agree. And just to, to touch on that point about the character, I always think, because you sometimes see like stuff, you know, we, I, we put a couple of posts out on Twitter and on Facebook about it, and the vast majority of people, particularly if they're Blues fans, are saying, this is a great sign-in, uh, you know, fantastic to have him sticking around, what a great character, what a great bloke. But then there's one or two who kind of say, oh, yeah, it's blocking the progression of a Welsh player, a, you know, a young Welsh player. And I really don't see it that way. In modern rugby, you need a number no. of players in different positions. And what youngster isn't going to benefit from having Nick Williams in and around the, in and around the club? Yeah, Strikes me as the kind of guy who's going, to, who's going to bring through young eights in the academy and they will really learn from him. And what what a brain to, to get hold of, you know. As well as being a big hitter and stuff like that, he's a canny operator, isn't he? Oh, he is, you know, yeah. He's wily as you like. Lovely offload, strong over the ball. Yeah, you, as, a young, as a young player, you'd pick up huge amounts from him. And I... And I I do think he'd be one of those players as well that would share yeah, all, do, the, yeah. all that he's got as opposed to you know, turning up and then leaving. He doesn't mm. seem like that type of character, does he? So, yeah, I, you, you need... Are there, are there very many... How many young number eights are there really that can cut it at that level? Yeah. You know, there, there isn't... They're not, they're not around because they, they don't exist. Yeah. So you need, you need a wily, canny operator at eight. And I think the Cardiffers would be so much better off for having him around. And any youngster that's in and around him will feed off that, really. Absolutely agree. Right, in the second half, we are going to switch focus and we're going to talk about Wales as we head into the World Cup, which is getting closer and closer and closer. Those warm-up games are not far away. So all of that is coming up after this quick break. Welcome back to the Attacking Scrum podcast. Let's talk about Wales now, Dan. Rugby World Cup, yeah. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than this, does it? As fantastic as the Grand Slam has been, and that has undoubtedly been the, the highlight of this season, it just doesn't get any more exciting than Rugby World Cup for me. Yeah, Grand Slam seems like so long ago, doesn't mm. it? Um, yeah, this is it's going to be... It's going to be great now, isn't it? The build-up to the to the World Cup. I can't really can't wait for it. Um, only wish we were going, to be honest. Well, yeah, that's it. Any anyone who does have any ways of getting us out there, be it a uh, a sponsorship gig or some kind of hooky uh, hooky <laughs> job as a courier, we're more than happy to explore options. I did listen to an old podcast of ours from this time one year ago. So it's been it's basically been a year since the since the Argentina tour or the start of that. And digging out the old ones. Yeah, a little dig out of the old ones. So that was that was yeah, just just shy of a year ago. How far do you think Wales have come during that time? A long way, long long way. I think we look back at a look. If we go back a year ago, we we were definitely starting to build some decent depth, weren't we? But there was quite a few players that we just hadn't seen, I suppose, at the at the highest level, and. We're in a lot stronger place, and we even you think it's not that long ago, is it a year? And how can a lot change from them? But I think a lot has. I think we've developed a way in which a, a couple of different styles that we can play now. Um, we've also seen, if we just look at the back row, for instance, we've seen <clears throat> we've built some depth in ways that we didn't probably know existed, mm. really. And you know, and so yeah, all, all all over the park. I think we're in a different shape. The depth is massive for me, and we don't know. You don't know what's going to happen at the World Cup. But if we go on to have a a strong World Cup, I think you can definitely look back at this tour 
uh, the tour 12 months ago to Argentina and say it had a significant effect. And for that reason, it is the squad depth. Look at those players like Adam Beard and Dylan Lewis, who really kind of impressed on that tour in test match environment, away from home in Argentina. Josh Adams would be another one. They're all in the in the starting 23 mm. of, of Wales' sides during the Grand Slam. And you'd expect them to be pushing for that during the World Cup as well. So I think it was a really, really important tour that demonstrated that we do have players around the fringes who can go on and push for positions within the within the, the starting lineup and on the bench. Yeah, definitely. And it's, that's crucial, isn't it? In a way, it is, yeah. It's just it's so easy to think, isn't it? I was only 12 months ago. We were in a really good place then anyway. But we we were looking lightweight in, in areas. And we've unveiled like some key, key players over mm. the last 12 months. Yeah, Josh Adams being one of them, we've got a, a you know, the, the guy can't stop scoring, yeah. can he? And I don't think many sides are going to want to face him. Um, then in the pack as well, yeah. So we're we're going into this World Cup, aren't we? In probably the best shape we've we've been in. Um, doesn't mean it's going to be. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a great deal easier because it's. I think there's I think there's going to be a, a lot of sides that are, are going to be really really up for this. Mm. Um, it's going to be so competitive out there, isn't it? And there's always a, there's always with the World Cup there's always a, a couple of surprise packages aren't there that come in and like you said before you've got the weather to contend with it'll catch a few people out and oh yeah it's really really difficult to predict going into rugby World Cup it's very easy to look at Wales and say oh Grand Slam champions that's going to that's going to mean that they're, they're they're definitely going to go out there and perform and it doesn't mean that you look at how Six Nations form translates to Rugby World Cup form and it does not always follow suit so you could well have a side who underperformed in Six Nations or in Rugby Championship who goes on to have a really, really good World Cup. And so you, Wales will have to guard against complacency, but you would imagine that Warren Gatland isn't the kind of coach who will allow that to creep in. Yeah, you, you, you won't allow complacency to creep in, will you? I mean, the, I think the biggest thing for me is that we've, we've, um, we've seen players like, you know, like Josh Adams, I suppose, Navidi just being... Mm. It's so difficult to, to to not see the Welsh side now with Navidi not being in it. Players like that that you we've seen a sort of new like a new breed of sort of Welsh mm. player in a way that I don't know, you you we've just been you know, sort of when you when you look at I don't know where I'm going with <laughs> I was looking at you thinking, I hope there's something up top here. No, there's not. It's gone. All right. Um, I, I tell you what I think is really important about this. Yeah. We've spoken about squad depth. and It's come back to me. Good. So I'll look forward to that. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, tweet us it later. Yeah. What I think is really important about squad depth is we're talking about it in the first half of the show where you have injuries and you need to rotate in a, in a club environment. Yeah. Because that's, you know, rugby will take its toll. For Rugby World Cup, I think it's really, really important because you you need to create an environment of competition for places. And you, you spoke about the back row. Look at that back row. No one is going to want to to falter in any way because there is someone there ready and waiting to take that shirt off you. Yeah. Go back as as recently as the autumn, and Dan Lydiot had a had that number six shirt on his back. Now, in days gone by, you go back to the two thousands, even go back to to kind of you know, 2010, 2009, that kind of period, 
you, there's, there are certain positions you'd look at and you go, well, we know who's going to be playing there. We know who's going to be playing there. And a player like Dan Lydia would have had that shirt, you know, almost for the rest of his career in the 90s and the 2000s. Whereas right now, he is in a position where he's not going to be going to the World Cup. He's only 31 years old. He's got a load of caps. He's a test lion, what, twice over? Is that right? Yeah. No, no it's not right, is it? But he's, te- he's, you know, he's test lion nonetheless. Yeah. And he's now in a position where he's not going to, you know, not going to make it to the World Cup. So that competition for places is so, so crucial, I think, because it just creates this environment where players have to go out and perform to their absolute best. And those extra one or two percent are the kind of things that can get you into World mm. Cup semi-finals. What's going to be really interesting is make, I suppose, making sure that we get the selection right for the mm. for the squad, because there's going to be some there's <clears> some <throat> top players that are going to be left behind. Oh yeah, there and are, you, and you just hope that we get that right. And we'll never know, will we? In hindsight, will be a you know, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. But that, I, I can you imagine selecting. Is there anyone else you'd want to make those calls ahead of Gatland? What that would make the coach? final? Yeah, is, is there anyone else you'd want as a coach to to make that call no. as to who well, goes and who you know, who's, who starts each game? No, you, you, not really. He's, he's made. He pretty seems to make the right decision, doesn't mm. he, on selection? Um, I think that's what undoubtedly one of his strong points. Yeah, I mean. I wonder how I wonder what the influence of the other you know the other countries around him as well because I can't imagine they're they're remaining completely silent on any of this either so it's all a it's a team it's a team effort but when you look at Gatland and where he's been and what teams he's been involved yeah. with yeah he, he he makes the right calls doesn't he um but this is going to be the hardest this will be the hardest one yet for him. I, I think it is the hardest yet, but I think it's the hardest for the right reasons because you, well, you'd we've got rather a have number it, of options. You? You'd rather yeah. it this way, you'd rather have it than say, yeah. you know, do you know what? James Davis doesn't go, or Ellis Jenkins doesn't go. We, you know, both of which are very conceivable at this moment in time, and that's really sad for those players as individuals. But it's a it's a whole world apart from even four years ago. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I mentioned to you before. I think Gatland is uh, he'll know. He'll know the vast majority of who he wants to take already. Can't obviously can't let that on, mm. can he? But I think he will. But I know I, you're in, I, we're no, in different I, camps. I think he can. We're in different camps on that, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. And I think it comes down to the training camp that those that those players are in. He's going to want to have a look at them, and he's going to want to see that player who is getting up five minutes earlier than he would do normally, or half an hour earlier. And do you think I think play- he'll, I think Gatlin will be the player. Say there's a player that is getting getting up five minutes late. I think he'll be giving him a note saying, "You make sure you're up five minutes here because I know what you can do." You know, in a way, I just think he's yeah, I do. But I also think he wants to see it come from the players. He wants to see that yeah. player who's training extra yeah. hard in order to get that that spot. That player who's taking. I mean, yeah, I mean, when we've spoken to Kai and Will in the past, and they've spoken about the way that Alan Wynne Jones trained when he was, hmm. you know, when he was twenty years old. Just coming into coming into the Ospreys, he trained like he was playing a test match, and I think that's what Gatland and Edwards are going to want to be seeing in this training camp. Is is players out there, you know, really, really fighting like blooming SAS selection in order to get their place on the plane. I really do, and that can only be a healthy thing. Yeah, I wonder whether they'll use that as say there is somebody that's coming up and just literally pushing. It's what they're going to want, isn't it? They're going to want that person that's pushing, you know, pushing. I suppose the more, uh, the more experienced. They're all experienced, aren't they, in mm. their own right? But there's, I wonder whether they'll use that as as 
as sort of fire really to fuel on and push on some of the guys if they do drop off slightly um oh yeah in like an individual one-to-one you know i, I don't know whether they do this but when mm. they sit them down individually and analyze their performance as, as they're going along whether it's all team it's all sort of you know team based see i think it's like a lion's environment where you know that on a lion's tour you've got players someone is after your jersey and you've got it you've got this balancing act of creating an environment where you're being ultra competitive to get in the test team but you're also creating this environment where everyone's got each other's backs and it's a happy camp and that's you know that's a difficult thing to do and that you know therefore yeah, having I... someone like Alan is a is a is a bonus having done two lions tours as a head coach and done one as a I just think it's different stuff. I don't know why I just think it's different I with... think it is when you're that far away from home I think he knows I I honestly think that he knows what who he wants to take and almost down to if you know say Navidi was had a had a you know poor had a poor um a poor running on the train mm. I still think he'd back him to you know six seven eight and I know that's a that's a yeah that's probably an example that isn't isn't the greatest because he's you know who else can play six seven yeah. eight but I just get that impression with 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 this World Cup and this Welsh setup. I know it's different with the Lions because yeah, there's which is a which is a, a weird thing to say because you some of the players say, well, there's no point me going, there's no point me going on that training camp then. But I do feel there's players going that aren't. Maybe they'll even know that they're not. It's going to be incredibly difficult for them to shift some of the guys that are higher up the ranks. I'm not saying it's not incredibly difficult, but I think it's doable. You, you think it's doable? I think you'll go into it with an open mind. Yeah, look. You're right. There are certainly Alan and James isn't going to have a dodgy training session, and he all of a sudden is looking at it thinking, "Oh well, do you know what? Let's 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 maybe leave him out of this one. He's is you know his best years behind him. You know that's not going to happen for a number yeah. of reasons. But yeah, I think there are certain players who are probably guaranteed their their slot on the on the plane. But I think he's going to be wanting to see a load more from from every player. You know, let's say that let's say you know one of the wingers starts starts training isn't taking it to the best level of training there is someone else in that squad even if it's not a player who mm. you know even if there are players who miss out which there will be there'll be someone in that squad of 31 who can come in and, and do the job and take that shirt yeah. off them so they they won't they won't allow complacency to, to creep into that do you think that a, a, a number of the, the selections will come down to them maybe looking at combinations then you know someone's yeah, teaming up do. really well with yeah. you know say the back three or you know that's something mm. we hadn't quite you know we hadn't quite seen him working out that well with yeah. those three and I just think it's difficult in the yeah, training setting because it's training um, yeah I know you say this but I think you can see so much attitude in training you can you know that's the thing that I think impresses people and that's the bit we we don't get to see you don't get yeah. to see the training you get to see them playing in playing in you know, pro 14 games, which as we said, can lack intensity. Would you rather see someone, you know, tear apart, a, you know, tear apart the dragons and score four tries mm-hmm. in a pro 14 game? Or would you actually rather see them going absolutely hell for leather in a training camp that is, that has got their world cup place on the line. That's where I think you see the depth of someone's soul. 
you know, where there's yeah. not there's no defense to exploit, there's no chinks in the armor. It's not, oh, dragons have brought on an 18 year old tight head prop who I'm going to give an absolute going over to here. You, there's no weakness, but they're all going to be fit, they're all going to be chomping for it. And you can look good in training, can't you? You can look good. I just think that's what I'm saying. I don't think you can here. I think you have to fight hard to look good in training. In the drill, in the drills, though, you can you can you can look sharp. That's why I think a lot of it will be sewn up, just because because there won't be the 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 game intensity and there won't yeah. be those matches. I think that Gatlin and the coaches will have had to look and say that this guy's performed at, the, at you know at the highest level in you know these club games, these international mm. games, and so look, he has looked really dangerous in training. He wants it. He is. He's first up. He's. But I. But I just think we've got to go. And there'll be all those sorts yeah. of chats when they're in, and uh, you know. Well, we'll have to see. We will have it's to probably see. maybe it's a little bit like this when they're on the selection. It could be. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring it to. It just. Uh, it just reminds me of that again. It just reminds me of those lines DVDs where yeah. you know, Jim Telfer talking about it. You know. Yeah. Courage about conviction to go with Bucky. <laughs> Let's bring it on to those games. Warm-up games against England and Ireland, both at home and away from home. How do you treat those? They're the closest thing you're ever going to get to a friendly in in international rugby. Do you treat it as trying to protect that winning streak or is this your opportunity to experiment? How do you play this, Dan, if you're Warren Gatland? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of both, really, isn't it? It'd be lovely to keep the keep the keep that momentum really of winning I do think it's important actually because yeah I think psychologically it, it gives you it gives you something so they're not going to want they're not going to want to lose but I think Gatlin can work that into sort of if he's going to have a you know going to try something slightly different then he'll still be able to play on the fact that you know you guys are, have been given the opportunity and we we are you know don't be the ones that yeah, lose this yeah. don't be the ones that lose this winning streak because how good would it be to go into that World Cup just with, without having having lost because you I just think you 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 go that ex you you probably push yourself to a beyond mm. you know places that you didn't think you'd maybe go because you don't you just don't want to give that up. So I think psychologically it's quite a big thing. Oh, I agree. But it's not Absolutely. the be all and end all, is no, it? No, and if you're going to lose that winning streak, yeah, would you rather lose it in a Six Nations campaign? Exactly, yeah. Or would you rather lose it in a? You're kind of um, you've almost got a free shot here. Yeah, you can go into the World Cup and say, "Look at this winning streak, still undefeated," or you go, "Well, yeah, right, we lost it in the, yeah, in the rugby World Cup warm-up games. games." Yeah, so it's a slightly difficult one. But again, to go back to the point about selection, look back at 2011. Rhys Priestland got himself uh, got himself the, the starting berth as fly half during that during those warm-up games. You know, he did a very late call up. Due to be playing fifteen that game, he did. Do you think we're in a slightly different place now? Yeah, I do. But you know, look at the players he displaced. You know, it wasn't like it was. There was no. You would arguably say going into that World Cup that Stephen Jones and James Hook were more established at ten than than Gareth Anscombe or Rhys Patchell are right now. Obviously, Dan Big is a a slightly different scenario. The other thing with Priestland though, he's he's if his confidence is high. He, he's playing really well, doesn't he? And he? The way in which he gets the back line moving is, yeah. you could say even before then that we knew this passing game was exceptional mm. and if he could, if he was in a pretty good place within him within himself, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be really dangerous mm. and obviously he found his confidence, didn't he? he? Found his form and then the rest is history. I suppose he, he had that shirt, didn't he? Yeah. I, I think we know, I don't know, it's just, it just seems slightly different 
slightly different now than back then. All right, scenario. <laughs> Wales, England at Twickenham, which although, yeah, admittedly, it's a, it's a friendly, there's still always that. You're always going to want to beat England, especially at Twickenham, because they, you know, they, those wins can be few and far between. I see Jared Evans has a blinder at 10. Absolute blinder. Gets those backs. You know, almost finds something outside him that, that, we, that we didn't even think was possible. Runs in a try for himself. Great kick in at hand. Anything, you know, unbelievable could, tackling. Could, right. <laughs> but, you know, could, could he play himself into a, could he play himself into that 10 shirt off the back of, you know, one or two performances in these games? For me, no. For you? Can anyone? <laughs> you know, that, that's an they might not. They might as well not play him at the moment, the way I'm going. Yeah. Um, I think certain players... All right. Different scenario. <laughs> All the back, you know, the, we've spoken about the back row, but there is there's a an opportunity here where Ross Moriarty for example who's been again stronghold of the the Grand Slam side very dependable whenever he's pulled on a Wales shirt could very very easily find himself on the plane to Japan but without without a place in the match day 23 that's the kind of scenario that I think he's going to be really big in training and then really big in these in these environments if he gets the nod and he's out there, you know, he's out there playing against Ireland or or England. He's going to want to take his opponent's head off in order to prove that I'm not going to be the one that misses out here. Tell Toby he's not playing, or or yeah. tell Navidi he's not playing. It won't be me. Yeah, I think um, a lot of it will come down to who the the the, the individual matchup. So, mm. um, you know, if the two supposed best eights are going up against each other, or they've got or they're trialing someone then that will have a massive effect. Yeah, if, Jared, yeah, yeah. if Jared Evans is playing against Owen Farrell and yeah. you know, um, and their actual their main back line, then yeah, maybe there is a maybe there is a case there. But so you think Moriarty's almost gotta go and, and deliver a performance that outshines Vunapola yeah. versus a performance that outshines maybe a Mark Wilson. Yeah, really. If they're if they're trialing somebody at number nine, and he goes unbelievably yeah, well, or a Sam Simmons or something. Yeah, and it'll still be impressive. But I just think that the um, because if they're playing one person, say say the they got their first choice backline, but the pack is is uh, the pack is second string. If Jared Evans playing ten has a blinder, he's not going to be under the same pressure because of that pack. So yeah, they'll be point. weighing up all those different points. Um, that's why I just think those friendly games are very very difficult to. Uh, to sort of take a huge amount from um, in certain positions okay. it may be slightly easier okay if everyone is fit will the Grand Slam 15 be the, the starting lineup for the first game of the World Cup you know or that, that game against Australia for example that, that real big first game yeah really I'm not having it mate Nicky Smith for one I think he's these, this is this is why oh, it's sorry. so exciting for me Oh, I've, hang on! I've, Go on. I, I, I thought are we starting our. So I thought are we starting our best side against against Australia. I've misread it. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, and I'm saying Nicky Smith is in that now rather than Rob Evans. Yeah, no, I'm th- I thought you said are we starting our best side? And I'm saying yeah, we are. I'm saying are we starting our Grand Slam? Oh, side. Sorry, right. Um, well, the vast majority of them. I, I would, yeah, Nicky Smith for me is is in there. 
absolutely definitely. But this this, um, see, this this is why it's so exciting for me because I think players have got that opportunity to to really cause a bit of an upset. And if you know, if Nicky Smith has has two or three outstanding performances in those warm ups, he might well get the nod for that game. Yeah, though, you know? yeah, that, posi- that or position. Or Rob Evans, likewise. You know? That position, you could maybe see it, couldn't you? It being more clear, it being sort of more interesting then between. Yeah, I would, I would go with Nicky Smith. Though. I would at the moment. Um, I think so. I think he's doing such a great job in the loose and and in the tight that he's he's looking at a great option. These are, these are brilliant options to have. Yeah, I mean, it is. They are great options. You can't go past because it's it was his scrummaging, wasn't it? That that, mm. that let him down. That let him down previously, probably. But he's really, he's really worked on that. Yeah. And he seems to be. He seems to have scrummaging players left, right, and centre, mm. doesn't he? And then the turnovers. I mean, he's always had. A, he's always been good at them, but he seems to have taken them to a new level as well. And only at twenty three, yeah, in the front row. Um, with those turnovers, you, we can't because he'll create. He'll create a number of tries for us, won't he? Just completely changes the momentum of the game. And when he's over there, you can't. You can't shift him. Well, tr- tries like Nick, Nick Williams and, over the ball. Yeah, he is, and it's not just tries, is it? It can be. Yeah, it's the you know it's the penalty that gives you that six point cushion. It's the it's the penalty when you're deep in your own half and sixteen phases. That's the one that yeah. That's the one that get, gets you out of jail and and you they don't they don't breach mm. the whitewash. So yeah. also his carrying as well. Yeah, it's good. I think his carrying's always been quite he, good. I thought I always look. He looked very mobile. Yeah, he does that spin, doesn't he? Mm. Which is which is quite a sort of this is like a trademark of his. Yeah, it's and a it's, bit of a Jonah Lomu rugby type move, isn't it? Yeah, he sort of yeah. I can imagine you doing that. Yeah, not so not so much. Uh, yeah, so I, th- I think he's an, you know he's very much an interesting one to watch. But yeah, you know, this this is it. I think there could be these matchups all over the park. I think Gatlin's really excited about pitting them against each other. If I'm honest, I think there's a core of that side who he knows he will. You know, Ken Owens will be in there. Alan Jones will be in there. Um, who else will be in there? Yeah, you know, John and Davis will be in there. Ken. Lee Halfpenny will be in there. I would have thought um, when he's you know when he's back to last thing I would have thought. That's where it comes in, isn't it? I would have thought, but it's. That this is nuts. Actually, just think about it. Grand Slam, no halfpenny. I know. Yeah, you know, it's this whole thing is this whole thing is crazy. Then but, you got the new, yeah. Then you got you know, you got the number you know the number eight is they're all going to be not because you know Falatau say yeah because he's in because he's got bit of fun to finish because <laughs> he's got the injury yeah Moriarty. He's he's not he's not going to want to not start is he? Then you got Navi you know. The should new, we should we predict now? This is not what our Lineup would be, but let's predict the side for that game against Australia, which is the real humdinger of a that's you know that's your most important group stage game. It's almost a knockout game. And write this down, and then we'll see how right we get it in a few months' time. <laughs> so, do you want to start with uh, start with loose head prop? I usually start with fifteen, don't I? You've just said you're going to pick Nicky Smith. I've just given you a really easy. Just say it. Nicky Smith. Right. Jeez, oh, Dan. Right. Ken Owens. He'll pick Ken Owens, definitely. He will. But Elliot D, that'd be a... I'd like to see that in training, mind. Yeah, I would. I think, yeah. I think it'd be a, a in training. Like, two properly fierce competitors. Tom Francis will, will start tight, yeah. I think, unless something massive changes. Yeah, uh, can't see... Obviously, Alan Jones will be in, in second row and Skipper alongside. It's good Beard, isn't it? I think Beard is, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's making that... He's making that shirt his own now. Enjoyed his tussle with Jake Ball. 
Yeah, that was interesting, actually. Yeah, what was he that. saying to him? I couldn't make it out. A couple of lookers, though, aren't they? Right. Any Anyone else? Right, so Foxy will play again. If, if everyone's fit, Foxy will play outside. I'm, I'm skipping around here just because there are yeah. certain positions that you want to put him time. in. Um, you think Hadley Parks will be with him? I do, actually. I but do, but I'm, intre- I'm excited what by Watkins. He and, is. Yeah. He's going to push him every bit of the way, isn't he? Mainly because of, of the 10 choice. Yeah, that is. I think Hadley Parks will. All right. Who is that 10? Well, Anscombe? I, yeah, I think Anscombe, yeah. I think, yeah, it's probably likely. But bigger, never, ever write him off. No, no, I absolutely agree. Right, North and Adams on the wings? Yep. Which then? <laughs> Who plays fullback, Dan? Sanjay or Halfpenny? Against Australia, Halfpenny. Yeah, I think I agree. Yep. I think I agree, which means that on the bench you have Liam Williams in the number twenty-three shirt. Good God, it's not right, is it? Good God, uh, scrum off. Gareth. Okay. You agree? I think I would agree. Yeah. I, as you know, I'd love to see Thomas Williams go on a, a streak where he scores nine tries in those warm-up games and gets the shirt. But so this guy, six, seven, eight. Moriarty, Falatau, Tipperick, okay, Navidi, anyone else who you realistically think will be in the mix there? See, I think Ellis if he's fit, but I'm a bit worried about his fitness now. I, I, not in that I don't, I don't, I can't see Ellis being okay. fit. Can you? Mm, I'm a bit worried about that. Yeah, Shingler. I think Shingler might miss out. If I'm honest, it's going to be hard for him, isn't it? Yeah, having not played any games, he's, they're. They're going to have to do something exceptional, aren't they? Let's go with seven first, yeah? I'm not sure that's any easier. For me. Tipperick. But it's, yeah, Tipperick seven. Right, but we're looking at Gatlin's mind here. I could honestly see a situation where you have Moriarty, Falatau, Navidi. I don't think I don't think it will be, but I, I, can't, I don't, can't leave out Tipperick. I don't think he would feel like... He'd make that call if he thought it was right. I think he, I think he raced Navidi so highly. Here's what I think will happen. Navidi... Tipperick, Balatau, and Moriarty misses out. That's what I. That's what I'm, I think. Is that what you think? That's what I think could happen, and unless Balatau can't can't make it. Right, working on the assumption that anyone is anyone who's in that training squad is going to mm. be fully fit, which we hope they will be. He won't leave out Navidi. I don't think you can. All right, so that's Josh Navidi in, and you don't think he can leave out Tipperick? No. Either? Obviously, this is against Australia, so you got, I think you're going to need a mobile, yeah. a really mobile back row. And then Toby. Toby. What a back row that is. What a side that is. You can't grumble at that. If we can keep all these players fit, that is some side. So We've never seen a side quite like that. Well, I mean, we've seen the Grand Slam side, which was very similar to it. But Yeah, but only, there's little <laughs> tweaks. They are little tweaks. Right, and then I think you'd have Elliot D on the bench as the backup hooker. I think your backup loose head then is is Rob Evans, and imagine bringing him on after fifty five minutes, raring to go, or sixty minutes. And you're Samson Lee or Dylan Lewis. Tough, isn't it? Probably go. I probably go Dylan Lewis. You know, against Australia, wouldn't you? Yeah, so that's probably a good shot. And then 
second row cover. Corey. Yeah, Corey. Back row. Moriarty then, is it? Yeah. So no, yeah, no room for Wainwright, who we've not even mentioned yet. I wonder whether Wainwright will... Um... He's a bolter, man. I'm telling you, he yeah. could be really close to these sides because someone will get injured along the way, and I, yeah. he, he will feature in a World Cup in a World Cup game. I'm sure of it. Yeah, and then I think you will have Thomas Williams on the bench. And we got bigger, and then Dan bigger, and Liam Williams. What about that? That's not a bad way to finish, is it? Last week we we ended up on a really kind of downward, <laughs> downward, <laughs> downward bit of momentum, didn't we? And that's a really upbeat way to. A really upway, upbeat way to finish the season down with a nice juicy look ahead to an amazing World we'll Cup. Have to keep that page now, then. I'll keep that page, and we'll uh, we'll even yeah we'll even tweet it and see how how many of these we got right. But if anything close to that side gets out on the pitch, I think we've got a damn good chance of having a really good World Cup. Yeah, I can't imagine Australia wanting to play that side. No, I can't. There you have it. What a beautiful way to end this season. Thank you very much. Firstly, thanks to you, Dan. Thanks for putting in another big shift this season. Uh, thank you to all of you who have listened. Thank you to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. Thank you to yeah anyone who follows us on social media. And you can do that at Twitter um, by following us at Attacking Scrum. Uh, like our Facebook page and join the Facebook group, Wales Rugby Fans. More and more people get stuck into that as we get closer to the World Cup and follow us on Instagram Welsh Rugby Attacking Scrum we will be back with some specials over the summer to get you in the mood for the World Cup and we should have some really exciting guests to help us do that some players who've been there and done that in World Cup scenarios so that is going to be one well there's going to be several episodes you're going to you're going to want to make sure you listen to so yeah just again big thank you to everyone who's listened keep spreading the words and we'll be back to chat rugby with you very very soon Podcast Network.